Chapter six is called Double Double Toil and Trouble, Fire Burn and Cauldron Bubble. I didn't sleep very well that night. And the next morning I remembered what Mary had said about not telling Mr. Proctor about the little get together. Just in case I had forgotten, Mary shot me a look that would have melted an icicle. It was hard not talking to Mr. Proctor, though. He was a lot of fun, and sometimes it seemed like he was the only one who had any sense. I kept my head down and my mouth shut for the next couple of days. But one night after supper, I cornered him while he was getting firewood. Hey, Mr. Proctor, can I ask you something? It depends. On what? How much of this wood are you going to help me carry? I'm serious. So am I. He piled up some wood onto my open arms, and I followed him inside. All right, what is it? Mr. Proctor, what do you think of all these people around here talking about devils, witches, spirits, and stuff? He stroked his beard. Well, Maddie, the devil's real enough, but I'm pretty certain he don't need no agents flying around helping him. There's evil enough in this world without all the other, that other nonsense. Is that why you never go to church with us? No, the reason that I don't go to church is because I don't trust the Paris fellow. All he ever seems to worry about is his salary and how much wood we owe him. Half the people in that congregation are more worried about their property than they are on their own souls. Take that Putnam, for instance. He has quarrels and land disputes with just about everyone around here. I won't sit in the same church with such a man. I paused for a minute. Mr. Proctor, do you know Goody Good? Sarah? Of course. Why? Do you think there's something wrong with her? I mean, what's up with her? Nothing. A little money or property wouldn't fix. She's just a poor woman who had a string of bad fortune. She's homeless. Destitute, really. She used to have property, but she had to sell it to pay her debts. Now she's reduced to begging for work and food, for work and food. We try to help her out as much as we can. You don't think, you don't think she's... She's what? Spit it out. She's a witch? I could barely say the word. John Proctor looked at me with such shock and amazement. Why, Maddie, who has filled your head with such evil silliness? Goody Good is no more of a witch than I am. His eyes narrowed, and he stared at me long and hard. Maddie, does this have anything at all to do with the, the, your visit to the Paris house a few days ago? I knew nothing good was, would come of you spending time with those spiteful, wicked children. He grabbed me by the wrist. Tell me, child, what happened that night? I pulled away. Nothing, Mr. Proctor, nothing. I swear it. I ran to the room I shared with Mary, but I knew that he knew I was lying. I missed the next service at church because I wasn't feeling well. But the following Sunday, Ann Putnam kept trying to get my attention. I did everything I could to avoid her. I didn't see Betty Paris or Abigail Williams that day, but Reverend Paris seemed more agitated and upset than usual. Just as I was about to leave after the service, Anne caught me by my cloak and jerked me aside. Her eyes were bright. Maddie, 
Have you heard? Have you heard about Betty Paris? Have you? Have you? She was practically licking her lips. She was so excited. I tried to pull away, but she held me tight with both hands. No, I haven't heard, and I don't want to hear. I don't want to know anything about you and your weirdo friends. Now just leave me alone. Oh, Maddie, it's not quite that easy. You were there that night. You witnessed what happened. Nothing happened. It was just a stupid game. Then why is Betty forgetting her errands and barking like a dog? What? That's right. You heard me. Betty's been sobbing and throwing Bibles and saying that she's damned. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it, you stupid moron. You're just trying to stir up trouble. Let me go. I finally tore away from her and covered my ears. I could still hear her laughter ringing in my head as I hurried to get to the proctors. Now more than ever, I just wanted to find a way home, away from this creepy place, far, far away. The next week, I tried to keep to my business and stay out of trouble, but Salem Village was full of rumors about Betty Paris and now Abigail Williams. I heard someone say they found the girls hiding under chairs and making odd gestures and faces. They were talking gibberish that no one could understand. This was just crazy. By the end of February, Salem Village was in complete turmoil. Betty and Abigail were not any better, and Dr. Griggs had been summoned to examine them. Dr. Griggs said they were under an evil hand, and the rumors were flying that the girls were bewitched. Reverend Paris was getting advice from other ministers in surrounding towns. They tried several home remedies to cure the girls, but nothing worked. I think all they needed was a good spanking. John Proctor was getting more and more frustrated and forbade me to attend church or have anything to do with the Paris household. He He didn't have to tell me twice. Would this cold, dark, depressing winter ever end? Not anytime soon. On Friday, February 26, 1692, things went from bad to worse. When I came home that evening after doing my chores, I saw John and Goody Proctor huddling in the corner talking quietly. They both both looked frightened and stopped talking when I entered the room. After dinner, Mary and I were sent to bed early. Just like me, Mary had only heard rumors and didn't know if anything new had taken place. After she fell asleep, I slipped out of bed and tiptoed to the door. I gently pushed it open just a crack so I could hear the Proctors talking. Oh, Elizabeth, this is the biggest bunch of horse manure I've ever heard. Calm down, John, and listen to what I'm trying to tell you. I absolutely refuse to be calm. Do you know about the witch cake? The what? It came out today that yesterday, when the Parises were out of town, Tabuda made a witch cake. What in the world? Stop interrupting me, John, and I will tell you. She made a cake out of rye meal and mixed it with Betty and Abigail's urine. Stop the presses. Did I hear this right? They made a cupcake out of rye and pea? And then they fed it to the dog. Ugh, gross. Now I'm going to throw up. To see if the dog showed any of the same symptoms as the afflicted to break the spell. Mr. Proctor was roaring now. They are inviting disaster! Quiet now, John. Listen, listen. 
This only made the girls worse, and when the Parises returned, the girls told them about the witch cake, and they accused Buddha of being a witch. And then? I only heard that the Reverend Paris called several neighboring ministers and gentlemen of Salem to observe the girls. Observe them doing what? They say their bodies are twisted and contorted into grotesque shapes, and they are and that they are tormented. Tormented by what? Tormented by invisible apparitions. This was just unbelievable. In fact, I didn't believe it. Those girls were up to something. The last thing I saw that night was John Proctor holding his massive head in his hands. That image kept me awake for a long, long time. Despite Mr. Proctor's warning, I was going to have to find out for myself what in the devil was going on.